the Shifts to Success podcast, a show about business, entrepreneurship, and the people who've made remarkable shifts in their lives. All right, guys, welcome to the Shifts to Success podcast, episode number 77. And in this one, I'm going to be giving you a short business lesson all around finding demand. And um, this is basically a question that we got from one of our clients at Shift Success, and that's why I'm creating this episode, um, because I can imagine um, a lot of people are thinking this as well. And just to set the scene, perhaps you're looking to start a business, you're looking to find which is the correct niche that you want to go down. And if you've listened to the previous episodes, we know that a niche is very important for business. It allows you to become an industry leader, your marketing becomes a lot more effective and cheaper, and also you're allowed to cut through the noise with the many marketing messages that are out there. Um, So having a niche is really important, especially when starting out, okay, a defined specific target customer. So perhaps you're just starting out in business and you're kind of finding a niche and you're looking for the correct target customer and uh, you're kind of looking online and you've got a general gut feeling that, yep, you've selected a niche and this is the route you want to go down, but what's the next step? How can you be certain? How can you be certain that the niche that you've selected is the right niche, okay? And in in the short answer is to gain sales, okay? You need to speak to people and you need to essentially gain sales in that chosen niche, okay? The best feedback you're ever going to get to test demand is for people handing over their bank details and paying for your offer, okay? Your offer, the problems that you solve. Um, that is the best way. And how I would go around doing this is to speak to at least 30 individuals in a chosen niche, okay? And that is a must, because 30 creates something called statistical significance, which basically means that there's enough data that allows us to make a data-driven decision, okay? So I see a lot of people quitting before they spoke to 30 people. So, you know, they'll go, Alex, I've spoke to 10 people and, you know, no one's buying. And I'm like, come on, it's 10 people out of potentially thousands and hundreds of thousands in your niche, okay? That's not enough data. Um, so 30 minimum is a fantastic bit of data that you should aim for. Now, in those 30 conversations that you're having, and when I mean conversations, I don't mean direct messaging. I don't mean Instagram. I don't mean sending voice notes. I mean jumping on Zoom or having a meeting in person. Obviously, I prefer Zoom because it's more scalable or via phone. Um, but Zoom for me is, yeah, it's, it is a very good channel to uh, speak to potential customers uh, just because they can see more of your body language, your tonality, your smiles and stuff like that, which you can't always see uh, well, you can't see on the phone. Okay. So definitely have a Zoom setup or, or, or uh, meetings, um, Microsoft meetings, sorry, Teams, Microsoft <laughs> uh, Teams. Um, so the way I would basically do this is I'd generate leads. Okay. So I'd make sure my message, my website, my offering, my whole brand is speaking to that niche that I've chosen, okay? And from that, I will then generate leads, and that could be from Google Ads, Facebook Ads. It could be through Facebook groups. It could be through LinkedIn, wherever it may be, wherever your niche is hiding out. And remember, we need to find out where your niche is. If you don't know where your niche is, you've got some homework to do. You need to find out where they're all, um, you know, surround themselves with. Is it offline? Is it online? Wherever it may be, you need to get yourself in that um, arena, Okay. So you generate the leads. And from that, once you've got their names, emails, and telephone numbers, you set up meetings. So you call them, um, set an appointment for a meeting, 
And that's essentially where you're going to be understanding them, empathizing with them, um, getting on their level, understanding their wants, their desires, their frustrations, what keeps them up at night. And that's where essentially you're going to be closing them to extend your relationship from a customer perspective, okay? That is the best way you're going to ever check a test demand. If you're generating leads, by the way, in that niche, and you're generating quite a bit of leads, that's a fantastic indicator as well. But it's still not... It's still not going to give you that confidence, I don't think. It might give you that, you know, that a, a bit of confidence, but it's not going to, you know, the best feeling ever is getting that customer, right? When you've someone signs up or someone enrolls in your product service, it's an amazing feeling. So having that customer saying, yep, I'm going to sign up and they give the bank details, that is the best way to check demand, okay? And um, in those 30 conversations, if you are um, not getting um, any sales, that that doesn't mean you're chucking the towel, okay? It does not mean you're chucking in the towel. It means that you change something. It could be the way you're positioning yourself. It could be your product needs to change, your solution, your outcome, your value proposition, okay? It could be your pricing structure. There's loads of things that you can test before throwing in the towel, but you're only going to get that information by actually having conversations. So the story of me starting Shifts to Success, I set up so many meetings with police officers and hotel lobbies, and through the rejection, through the no's, through the, you know, um, uh, chats that I had with people, I was changing my approach. I was changing our brochure, our offering, our value proposition. And lo and behold, our first 10 police officers enrolled in Shifts to Success. And here we are three years on with nearly 200 members. Now, if I'd have thrown the towel before that, then I wouldn't be here with you right now. And I probably wouldn't have Shifts to Success and building a legacy. Um, so it's really important that you stick with it with those 30, okay? Being an entrepreneur, you have to deal with obje uh, objections and rejection. Get used to it, okay? And I promise you, you're going to build resilience. After the 30 you spoke to as well, you'll find that they will give you some of the best ideas for your product or service, okay? Things that you may not have even thought, for, uh, thought about, which again allows you to have more of a closing rate or more of a, of a sales rate, which again solidifies, yep, there is demand in this area, okay? Now, some of the questions we get as well is, is my niche too small? And that could be a case. You can actually have a niche that's too small, right? There might be a 100 customers in a very specific micro niche, and that is going to restrict you because you can't scale. It's going to lack scalability, right? So if you've listened to previous podcasts, I always say that a niche is where you start, not where you finish. You can always start with a niche and then pivot as you go on, okay? Um, so if you're starting out, get the sales in, you know, claw them in, get them in, understand your customer, um, build that liquid up in your bank account, and there's nothing wrong with you, then open up the doors to a different niche, okay? Once you've got results in a particular niche, because that's actually gonna give you social proof to make that pivot go forward, okay? So guys, I hope that makes sense. And in fact, before I leave you, I'm just, this is just off the top of my head. The way I'd probably go around doing this um, to generate leads and actually get this in, in place, I would, and this is just one strategy, okay? So this is not set in stone. Um, I would probably, in today's day and age, I would set up a landing page, okay? So a landing page, if you don't know what a landing page is, please Google it, um, but I'll set up a landing page. And in that landing page, it must convert. So it's got to have, um, it's got to talk about the lead magnet that you're offering, which is the freebie you're offering in exchange for someone's details um, and why they would want that freebie, okay? And I would probably drive traffic or leads or prospects to that landing page from Facebook ads, um, Google ads, or any other 
um, marketing channel where I know my target customer going to be. And from that lead magnet, I've then got their details. I'll then call them, set up an appointment, book a meeting in. And in that meeting, that's where I'll explain, um, sorry, that's where I ask them questions, understand them more, empathize with them, find out their problems, their frustrations, what keeps them up at night, um, find out their desires, their wants, where they want to be, and bridge that gap. Okay, I'd bridge that gap. And um, I would then more than likely sell the offer before it even exists. And sometimes, again, a common mistake, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, that a lot of people create the product first and then expect customers to come to them. And unfortunately, as I mentioned, in those 30 conversations you have with people, you're going to be making significant changes to your product or service, okay? Because your customers are your biggest resource in business. So after the set up the meetings, I'd then um, have a sales conversation. And from that, that's where I'll check demand, okay? I'd have a general feel to see if can people can see the value of what I'm offering. Um, I'd make pre-sales before um, it even gets built because then I can use their, their funds from um, the customers to then build the product or service, okay? Uh, and again, I'm going off on a tangent again, just because I'm getting flashbacks of conversations. You know, people will say to me, Alex, I'm looking to raise X amount of money um, from investors or, um, you know, take a loan out from the bank. And I say to them, look, the best way, the best business decision you can make is to raise money from your customers. Once you raise money from your customers, you'll find it uh, empowering. You'll find that there's less stress because you're not paying back a loan or debt. And um, also bootstrapping, I think, is going to give you sustainable success because it allows you to think more creatively. Uh, creatively. Um, it allows you to think um, more entrepreneurial. And I think sometimes people get blinded by money being in the bank and they spend on different things because they think money is going to be the answer to all their problems in getting their business off the ground, okay? Um, so instead of convincing investors and convincing the bank manager or convincing whoever may be giving you money from a funding point of view, instead, convince your customers. Put your time there, and that will be the best way of raising money from uh, for your business, I think. Um, raise money from your customers because it actually forces you to build a product that people actually want to pay for. So guys, I hope that makes sense. Um, hope this lesson's helped. Um, it's a great way of going around things. It's worked for me. It's worked for other clients. And uh, I wish you all the best in giving this a go. And if it has worked or if it hasn't, or if you've got some feedback from this, please do let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts. My email is alex at shifts to success.com. And I'll be seeing you on the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.